Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Breaking some big news today on DevOps Chat, the launch of a, uh, a labor of love of some friends of mine. I'm happy to be joined by Mike Rothman, co-founder, president of Disrupt Ops. Mike, welcome. Alan, it's great to be here. Thanks. It's uh, always always fun to, to catch up with uh, with old friends. Yep, and old friends it is, Mike. We, we should let our audience know that, yeah, maybe we shouldn't let them know, but we are old friends. We, we go back a long time now, back to the beginning of, of blogging and security. That's right. It's got to be 2004, 2003, something like that. Yeah, that's right, that's right. When I had I had dark hair, actually I didn't have dark hair back then, but you know, it's it was I a long you but you know what mike I, I i said it was a labor of love and, and and everything else just in way of background why don't you share with our audience your personal sort of journey in in uh in tech and in, you know work history well sure i mean you know i started out and got a, what seems like a hundred years ago as, as a mainframe programmer ended up doing some local area networking stuff um, kind of found my way to network security, uh, went into research for, for quite a while, um, did a couple of companies, and then went back to research. And, you know, for the last uh, 10, 11 years at this point, uh, I've been partnered up with Rich Mogul and Adrian Lane at Securosis, uh, doing a, a bunch of, you know, kind of information security-centric research. Uh, and uh, actually about a year and a half ago, we spun out some technology uh, that we had prototyped within Securosis in cloud management and cloud automation uh, into our new company, DisruptOps, uh, and have been uh, just making a lot of progress over the last year uh, with that. And that's what, uh, what we're announcing uh, this week. Yep. So, Mike, you're being humble. You know, when you say you did research, you were a uh, an analyst at Giga, were you not? Metagroup, yes, Metagroup. Metagroup, exactly. and then um, you were also you you had executive positions in several several cyber. We didn't call it cyber infosec companies back. It, then. it was yeah, you bet. So companies like True Secure and and Cipher Trust. You know, back early mm-hmm. early in the email security days, I, I did a network uh, monitoring company called uh, EIQ. Uh, so yeah, been there, done that. Have the road rash and uh, you know, kind of the screw ups under my belt uh, to to prove it. Uh, but you know, it's it's interesting in terms of just uh, how long and how small an industry security is for being actually a really big so thing big. nowadays. Yeah, it really is. And and Mike, again, for many people in our audience who come from DevOps or even from security, but they're worldwide, they may not be familiar with Securosis. You know, Rich, Rich Mogul comes over from Gartner. Adrian's been CPO at major companies. You know, you guys would probably the leading, let's call it independent, uh, security analyst research firm. And for, as you said, 10 years plus, certainly in my yeah. time, you yeah. you guys laid the fundamental kind of, a lot of the fundamental backbone of what Cloud Security Alliance uh, teaches and so forth. I mean, 
Yeah, that's exactly right. We So it was interesting because I guess it was probably eight and a half years ago we partnered up with the Cloud Security Alliance and helped them build their curriculum for their CCSK certification. And that mm-hmm. got us to be much deeper than your typical analyst in terms of having to play around with cloud, having to understand automation, having to build a number of, you know, kind of the scripts and uh, I'll call it the inherent messiness of building out uh, a stack in the cloud and, and really making it operational because we were eating our own dog food, our website, a lot of the stuff that we had yep. prototyped was really demonstrative of the challenges oh. that organizations face as they move a bunch of their stuff into the cloud and, and really as they embrace a DevOps mindset of trying to be agile, trying to be innovative, uh, trying to move towards more of a continuous type of deployment model, uh, we really came across a number of the challenges that these organizations have in terms of just, you know, really maintaining control, right? Once you have multiple DevOps teams doing things in multiple uh, kind of accounts, uh, you start to run into challenges relative to how you enforce best practices. Uh, and that's really one, one of the challenges that, that security people have with this whole DevOps revolution, which is, hey, this sounds great, but we've got a, a playbook, right? A set of practices and policies that we really require uh, all of our environments to adhere to in order to protect that data. Uh, and obviously, the faster you move, uh, the more agile and, and continuous you try to operate, uh, the harder it is to enforce those best practices. More about that in a second. You, you touched on two things there we're going to dig into. But let me just finish laying my groundwork. Mike, besides you, Rich, and Adrian, the Securosis gang, there are two other, at least two other key people on the founding team at Disrupt Ops who also happen to be friends of ours for years. And That's right. Give them their due. Why don't you give them a shout out? Yeah, you bet. So so back when we spun the technology out of Securosis, uh, we brought on two guys, very experienced guys uh, in the security space. Uh, our CEO is is Jody Brazel. So Jody was a co-founder um, and longtime CEO of a company called Firemon, uh, which I know uh, <laughs> you've done work with uh, for yeah. a long time. Uh, so Jody, you know, kind of is really the, the, the driving force behind a lot of what we're doing at Disrupt Ops. And our CTO is a guy named Brandy Peterson, another longtime security uh, professional. He was actually the CTO of Fishnet Security uh, for 15, 16 years. Uh, as now, during their before Brandy, right? Yeah, I, uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I met when I met I both of them around Jody, the same time. He was the CTO of Fishnet, and he said, "Who's this Jewish guy with the New York accent?" <laughs> I went right. to visit him in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Tell yep. him why he shouldn't use Qualys and he should use Still Secure, and they make fun of my accent. But <laughs> <laughs> good times. Anyway, but Mike, let, let's turn back to a couple of things you were saying yep. about kind of the genesis driving that you know disrupt ops. Yeah, and, and you touched on saying one thing that you said you know multiple DevOps teams. So this is something we see, and I call it almost second generation DevOps. You know. When a, a company, an organization is first embarking on their on their uh, DevOps journey and, and they do sort of a trial balloon, right? And they, you know, they pick a project and they have a DevOps team, you know, and they may not call it DevOps team. They have a team that's practicing DevOps sort of uh, principles on this one particular project. 
And oftentimes, wow, great success because you are, you know, it's an isolated environment, right? You're not, in, in some ways, you're not in the quote unquote real world. Um, and then you say, this is great. Let's, let's take it out. Let's expand that beachhead. Let's expand the bubble. And now, and all of a sudden, you know, larger organizations, small teams, smaller organizations, not so much, but larger organizations. Now you start having two, three, four, six different projects that are being run, you know, with a DevOps mindset. And you have multiple instances of Jenkins and you have, you know, the three different, this team's using Puppet, that one's using Chef. And and serverless and, and all of the complexities that we see in today's, you know, modern software factory and, it, and it's chaos, right? And then, you know, at some point the CIO or VP of, or director of, of IT says, oh my God, this, this DevOps thing isn't, isn't working so good. It's all over the place, let alone the security guy screaming, you know, right out of the Phoenix project. No, no, no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, and, and that is, a, and that's a problem that we see with a lot of, a lot of second gen, if you will, DevOps uh, installs where it goes beyond the initial team to several teams. That's right. And, and you guys see. We, we do. And, and it's interesting because what you have are really kind of two paths at that point in terms of how these teams start to behave when starting to be put under scrutiny in terms of, you know, kind of, again, their ability to enforce operational um, and security best practices. You, you know, the, one, one group kind of buries their head in the sand and continues to move forward uh, and really doesn't do much, right? You know, like, oh, it's okay. And, oh, you know, you know they'll, they'll maybe run a vulnerability scan, um, you know, to kind of prove that, you know, they're sort of within policy, but they really don't have an operational environment that is built to work in concert with the rest of their factory. I love that term, right? That's, you know, it really does encompass uh, a lot of how software is being built today. And then the other path uh, ends up being folks starting to build their own scripts, right? They take maybe an open source looking thing. They start to build a bunch of their own scripts and code uh, around it. And then what they find is they've got a suitcase full of these scripts that then they end up having to maintain, upgrade. Uh, they don't have any means of reporting or any scheduling uh, for how they enforce and, and run a lot of these scripts. It's really, you know, we call it automation, but it's manual automation, which I get is a total oxymoron, but that's really how it is. I mean, you know, you have have a bunch of folks, they're building these scripts out, they're executing them manually or through very simple triggers without any means of maintaining, upgrading, uh, or scheduling or reporting on what these really key aspects of their operational environment are doing. Uh, and it becomes, uh, again, a big problem, whereas you have unwieldy because of just the sheer number of things that are happening in a modern DevOps environment with multiple teams, then you compound it with a number of very tactical scripts that are built to surround uh, the environment. If you're doing anything, and at some point, you know, somebody says, hold on a sec, folks, 
this is just not where we want to be. We really need to think about it more from a an operational excellence perspective, make sure that we've got an environment that we can enforce our best practices for security and operations. Uh, and that's kind of when they get the, the sense that, well, I'm either going to have to make a significant investment in this and become like the, you know, Rich calls them the unicorns of, of Cloudland, right? You know, the, the Netflix and the Capital One and, you know, the folks that have whole teams of environments that are building tools to do this, or they have to start looking for, you know, some kind of commercial option because there really isn't an option. There really is no option, B. you've got to do something, you can build it yourself or you can look to buy it. And, and candidly, until the last, you know, handful of, of months, uh, there really wasn't a, a realistic commercial offering to start implementing some of these capabilities. No, no. I think the bigger, you know, Mike, a lot of what you're saying certainly obviously rings true. The other fundamental piece of this is even if you are using one of these homegrown cockamamie, you know, Rube Goldberg kind of things, yeah. is it the security guys who are, and I, you know what, shame on me, it's not the guys. Is it the security team who's doing this, people? Is it the DevOps cross-functional yeah. team? Is it a little bit of both? Yeah. You know, how many of, look, here, here's my basic fundamental belief, that you are not going to find a developer who raises his hand who says, I want to write shitty code. I, I can't wait to put something insecure out there. No one says that. No one says that, right? They'll tell you they've got time pressure, there's pressure to release, pressure to release. They wish they could do more on security. And some of them, the enlightened ones, as you say, they even try. They'll run a vulnerability scan because they, you know, there's there's certainly enough open source kind of tools out there for them to mess with. The problem is, is they go to a lot of the security guys, and as you in you know alluded to before, security guys said, "Well, we have our rules and procedures here. Yeah, this is a no, right?" And they don't want to hear no. They got to right. go. And, you know, what, what's interesting, Alan, is that I, I want to hit a couple things that you, you alluded to there because they're important, right? Um, the, the first is kind of where you start to see the agitation for better operational and security practices. Um, and it's not that it's not the security folks. Obviously, they're always going to push for that. But it really is. You, you mentioned it, right? The, the DevOps teams that we've uh, worked with are, are, you know, they're very cognizant. They're very um, serious stewards of kind of the corporate data and they want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of cases, they don't know what to do, right? So you have a whole bunch of folks that don't know what they don't know and they don't want to go to the internal security team because of a lot of those things you were just alluding to. They say, no, we can't do that. We have all these rules. And in a lot of cases, the security team have not updated their, you know, set of controls, their set of policies to work in a DevOps type of environment. So these folks really struggle. They, they talk to, you know, again, on, on the consulting side of our house at Securosis, we do a lot of work with those teams uh, in terms of helping them understand what cloud native architecture looks like, how to integrate cloud security into their environment, um, and, and really just to help them build a program in order to do that. So then you do that with one DevOps team, then you end up talking to another DevOps team and maybe the third DevOps team. And finally, IT at some point, you know, they're like, um, what are you telling our folks? 
you, you, they seem to like what you're doing and they seem to be doing things in a more secure way. So can you help us? And then IT starts to get religion secured. The security team starts to get a little bit of religion about what they have to evolve to. Uh, and it, it really is kind of that interesting transition where it has started kind of out in the DevOps community um, with, uh, you know, again, those enlightened ones going, I don't know what I don't know. Let me get some help. And then it kind of back ending uh, into security. That's not always the case, but, you know, probably three quarters of the time. That tends to be uh, the transition uh, that is uh, that that we see, and and the other thing I want to hit is just about velocity, right? One of the just very forward thinking DevOps leader that we're working with, um, you know, he he said it the best, and he's just like, I've got twenty DevOps teams. I cannot slow these people down. They are doing stuff. They are making progress. The last thing I can do is put a bunch of security. Uh, you know, onerous security requirements on what it is that they're doing. They'll ignore me. They'll go around me. That's counterproductive. I can't do that. What I really need is to be able to build and enforce a set of guardrails around their environment, right? That term guardrails, it, it just really kind of opened up and, and was a light bulb in, in our head when we were having this conversation. It's not about stopping them from doing things. If anything, it's about allowing them to go faster, yet making sure they don't drive the car off the road, right? And that's really the metaphor that, that resonates relative to what we're doing at DeOps and, and really just, you know, kind of where the environment is going uh, in that we have to be able to move faster. Slowing things down is not an option, yet you want to make sure that you are not putting corporate data at risk. You are not opening up significant new attack services just because people are moving so quickly. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes automation isn't done in the perfect way. Sometimes humans get involved and, and certainly are fallible. Uh, from that standpoint, but with a lot of the inherent underlying automation and orchestration that's possible within the cloud and DevOps and, and continuous, um, you have options to enforce these best practices in a way that we couldn't do in our traditional data center with our traditional waterfall types of development uh, and operational motions. Uh, absolutely. And you know, Mike, I I mean, I've spoken about this a lot at various conferences and stuff. A lot of that has to do, you know, we use this term shift left, right, in security and all that. Yeah. A lot of it does have to do with getting to security earlier, faster. Yeah, we're going to have to automate it. Yes, we can't be the roadblock. But we can't be the appendix after, when I say we, I mean security. We right. can't be the appendix after the delivery or after the deployment. I'll, I'll, I'll raise you. I see your point and I'll raise you one, right? I'm of the opinion that security isn't a thing, right? Security should be within everything. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the mentality that we've been trying to, you know, push on the industry uh, for amen. a long time. Amen. And, and, and it, it's one of these things where we really can't afford to wait and, uh, you know, be in a position where we're trying to retrofit, you know, poorly architected systems that are moving faster than we've ever seen before. And then say, oh, hey, we've got to, you know, change it because of security or because of, of any other operational, you know, gap that, that we see there, right? What we have to do is be building in a way that allows us to use architecture as a security control, right? 
isolation, segregation, uh, multi-factor authentication, identity management, all of these things that are fundamental building blocks of what we do in the cloud and DevOps can be utilized to build in a much more secure fashion. And it's really about those kinds of practices that are going to make the biggest difference relative to what it is that we see and what it is that we deploy uh, over the next couple of years. And again, like I said, I mean, I just, I don't think security is a thing five, seven years from now, because if it's not embedded within everything that we deploy, we've screwed up. Yeah, it's not working. You know, I, I heard because I never come up with original ideas. I just listen. Um, but I heard something a while back. Security needs to become synonymous with quality. And, and you know, we've had QA as a concept in, in software and technology forever or for a long time. Security needs to be just built in like as part of the quality control, right? The, the same way, you, you know. Yeah. Shit, stuff gets tested, whether it be hardware or software or whatever, security needs to be part of that quality. You bet. To, to use a software term, right, why is a functionality defect different than a security defect? Exactly. Right, and they should all be within the same thing. And, and again, that's a lot of when you start talking about immutable, when you start talking about, you know, kind of building security testing into your pipeline, which is, again, stuff I know that, that you guys at DevOps.com, you know, write about quite a bit. Um, again, the, it, it's really not any different than managing and making sure that you hit your functionality and, and, and you know, kind of specs uh, from, from the standpoint of just building code, right? Part of that factory. So it, yeah, the code has to work, but it also can and should be secure. And there really aren't different operational motions to make that happen. And that's what's so exciting. To, to, for a guy who spent 25 years trying to retrofit and get people to think about security as part of their, their core structure and to treat it as really a business function, it, it's really enlightening to, to be in a situation where you actually can implement a lot of those functions within the core processes that you use to develop uh, the technology. And again, are we there yet? Of course not, right? Is there a lot of education to be done? Without a doubt. Uh, but we at least have the option now, right? That's the aspirational goal to what it is that, that we all do um, every day, which is to make sure that, you know, we're pushing for the right types of decisions to be made as early in the process as we can, because we all know how much it costs to, to fix it later. Absolutely. Mike, I got to tell you, listening to this conversation, I'm, I'm thrown back to NAC. Is it a feature or a standalone? <laughs> <laughs> you're, dating, you're dating both of us, man. Yeah. Stop that it's out. Such, it's, such Cut a, that out. It's, it's such a pleasure to talk a little theory here with you. But let, let's turn for a second to real, real stuff. Not that what we're talking about isn't real. But let, let, I want to give our audience a little bit of a taste. So disrupt ops. Great people, great, you know, great big problem to tackle out there. Give us some specifics. What, 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 what are you guys doing? Yeah, so, so what we're doing is we're, we're basically building a cloud management platform to implement a lot of these ideas that we've been talking about for, for the last couple of minutes, Alan. Um, it's really, initially, it's, it's a guardrails platform. So what we have is the ability to, in an AWS environment, 
enforce a set of best practices across security, operational, and also cost management. So one of those things we don't talk about too much is that, you know, developers don't really like to shut their stuff down because, you know, oh, it's going to mess with something. I don't have to. The CFO bitches, but we don't really care. Um, what we can do is also implement best practices in order uh, for folks to, to clean up their room, right? We try to do that with our kids all the time too, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we'll try to do that with our uh, developers as well. So, so really implementing a platform for security, operational, and, and cost management guardrails to, again, immediately not just find the issues. There are a lot of tools, as you said, right? A lot of vulnerability scanners can, you know, kind of look at your cloud environment uh, and tell you you have problems. The the issue with that is that, you know, most operations people are overwhelmed with the number of other things they have to fix every day. Adding more stuff to their list doesn't really help them. So Disrupt Ops is really uh, focused not just on finding the issues, but also fixing them and enforcing those best practices. Let me give you an example of that. So let's just say some person decides they want to open up uh, a, a server, you know, to the internet because it's just easier for them to do that. Well, obviously that would be a pretty significant security problem. Um, so as opposed to just taking that server offline, what you can do is you can basically change the security group uh, to make sure that it's only accessible via a known good IP address range within your corporation. Again, that's a good example of a guardrail or making sure that you've got MFA turned on for every account that gets spun up by your magical Terraform uh, environment that, you know, may not build that out as a core security requirement. So there are, again, 50 to 60 of these uh, guardrails, in effect, that you can implement in your environment to, again, make sure that you are not just alerting when you get out of policy, but actually fixing the issues in a lot of cases before you even know their issues so that you're not sitting there trying to pick up the pieces after half of your data is in Chechnya. Exactly. Or Romania. Or Romania. What have you. That way we get some somewhere. How is the offering packaged? Is it a SaaS kind of offering? Is it? What, what, yeah, what is it, it is. It is. It's, it's well, what we found is since, um, you, you know, remember the days, right? You, know, we were older, right? you remember the days where people were like, oh, I don't know about this cloud thing or SaaS. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. Um, you know, now it's like, wait, you want me to install software in my environment? Well, well which that, one that would be you? kind of oxymoronish for a DevOps tool. That's right. That's right. So, so we deliver as a, as a SaaS service. Um, it's actually a very cool, you know, kind of one-click provisioning process where, you know, when you're logged into your AWS account, you know, you run a, a, a basically cloud formation script that um, really kind of gives us cross-account privileges to uh, your environment. And, and again, we're security guys, right? So at the end of the day, we are, uh, you know, basically not even just assuming, but enforcing least privilege. So we only have read-only access when we when we need to make changes. We grant the privilege as we need it, then we revoke it. Uh, because again, w- what we're trying to do is make sure we enforce operational best practices, not add more attack service. So again, we've built the uh, the environment to be secure by design. We use all of our own dog food to make sure that uh, again we are adhering to you know kind of common best practices. Uh, and again, we're all twenty five plus year security folks, so uh, we do take that pretty seriously. Excellent, um, Mike. Where for people who maybe want to download it? Oh, not download. Excuse me. Sign up for it or check it out more. Where can they get more information? 
Yeah, disruptops.com. So, so by the time you hear this, uh, this little interview, uh, the, uh, the site will be live. There's a, there's a place you can sign up to, uh, you know, first we start with a demo and show you what it's about, and then you can sign up for early access. And, uh, again, we're kind of extending towards the, uh, the end of this month in October. Uh, we're going to add a bunch more, uh, folks to the system, um, with the, the goal of, of, you know, kind of being ready to, uh, actually sell the product, uh, by the end of the year. Fantastic, man. Well, you know, I don't have to tell you, Mike, I wish you, Rich, Adrian, Jody, Brandy, and the rest of the team nothing but success. We'll be checking in, I have a feeling, pretty often here, whether it be through Security Boulevard, DevOps.com, Container Journal, what have you. Um, and, we, you know, fantastic. It's good to have you back in the game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Again, you know, really, it, it's, not, it's not just a big problem. It's not just a huge opportunity. It, it, you know, and what, what Rich, Adrian, and I, and now Jody and Brandy, uh, have always done is, you know, we're trying to do the right thing to evolve the practice, right? And that's what it's about. You know, it, it's a big world. There's a lot of opportunity to be a lot of folks that are talking about guardrails over the next year. Uh, and that's great. Right, because what we want to do is get to a position where we can move faster, but move more securely. And in a lot of cases, in the world that we grew up in, those were counter um, indicators. Right, you couldn't do, but you couldn't move fast and be secure. You couldn't do operational excellence and make sure that you've got a, a lot of these things enforced. And now you can, and that's what's really exciting to us. Again, we're just excited to partner with you as always, um, and. Uh, again, just, you know, go out and, and, and solve some big problems for, for a lot of organizations. Fantastic. All right. Mike Rothman, president, co-founder of Disrupt Ops, uh, a, uh, a hot new entrance in the DevSecOps space with a great pedigree and a, and a real reason for being our guest today on DevOps Chats. I hope you've enjoyed this. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. Until next time, everyone, have a great day. Bye-bye.